Good morning, everyone. We're continuing today in our teaching series based on the Trinity. What we found out the last couple of weeks is that God is an eternal loving union of three. And each person of the Trinity, whether Father, Son, or Holy Spirit, represents that God is love uh, and emphasizing a different characteristic. So we've looked that God the Father represents that God is love through creation. God the Son represents that God is love specifically through salvation and sacrifice. And today we're going to be looking at how God the Holy Spirit represents that God is love through how he gives life. He breathes life into things and he breathes spiritual life into things. And through this, things are made beautiful. They reflect the radiance of God. A quick recap on the Trinity. It's key to understand this. It's been said that if you explain the Trinity, you will lose your mind. But you try to deny the Trinity and you could lose your soul. It's a very, very important topic, not just for us to understand, but for us to be able to articulate to others. I'm going to pray for God to guide us through my teaching and pray for myself to get out the way and for him to reveal himself more fully to you as God the Holy Spirit. How he gives new life in physicality, in creation and gives new life spiritually. Will you bow your heads as I lead us in prayer? Father God, thank you that you are love. That your very essence of the Trinity means that you are loving. Thank you for how you've represented your love through yourself as God the Father. Thank you for how you've represented that you are love through yourself as God the Son. And Lord, your essence is love. And thank you for how you've represented yourself as love through the different person of God the Holy Spirit. I pray that we may encounter you this morning, whether we're sat here or we're listening online. In Jesus' name, amen. God's very essence is that he is love. He is an eternal loving union of three. But he is also three separate and distinct persons. What was God doing before the creation of the world? Answering that question can give us some insight into that eternal loving union. Before creation, the father was loving and delighting in his son. Hebrews 1.3 says this, The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And now the Father makes his love known by his Spirit. So the Holy Spirit stirs up delight of the Father in the Son. And the Holy Spirit stirs up delight of the Son in the Father. So God uh, has this loving harmony in that eternal loving union of three, and it overflows. It overflows through the Father in creation, it overflows through the Son in sacrifice and salvation, and it overflows through God the Holy Spirit through new birth and new life. I'm going to look first at as the Spirit gives new life, Ezekiel 36, 26. A quick aside, uh, as we're teaching on a piece of 
theology. We're not going to look at one text, which we do uh, when we teach from the books of the Bible. We're going to look at what does the whole Bible have to say about the Holy Spirit. And so it's called a kind of systematic theology, which means I'll be going through the Bible at different points. So take your Bibles in hand and follow along with me. You can follow along on screen or also in your Bible apps. So Ezekiel 36, 26 says this. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. There is a prophecy where God is speaking to his creation, the people of Israel, saying that he's going to give them a new spiritual life, a new heart. God the Holy Spirit also gives us new spiritual birth. We see this in the Gospel of John, John chapter 3, verses 3 to 8. So John was written by one of Jesus' disciples who'd lived and walked and followed Christ. And he gave an account of Jesus' life. And in John 3, we hear the story of a Pharisee who had heard about Jesus and worried about the public perception of him. Speaking to Jesus, he came under cover of darkness to speak to Christ. Uh, Jesus speaks to him and says, verse 3, uh, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. In those two texts, we see the Old Testament prophecy about the Holy Spirit. And before the Holy Spirit has been given at Pentecost, Jesus is also speaking to a Pharisee, saying that there is a need to be born again. And being born again looks like having uh, the Holy Spirit come to live within you and give you a new heart, spiritually speaking. And the purpose of this new life in Christ, the purpose of this new birth in Christ, is so that people may know God fully. John continues in his Gospel, chapter 17, verse 3. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So before I became a Christian, I had life. I was very much aware of an emotional life that I had. I was very much aware of a physical life that I had. But when I put my faith and trust in Christ, on the 11th of February 2003, it's almost like I, I came alive spiritually. I can't quite describe it, but I suddenly was aware of a huge spiritual element of my life that I'd never paid any attention to. And it was like it was resurrected within me when I put my faith and trust in Christ. So the Holy Spirit gives us new birth and new life. This is how... Uh, it beautifies things. But unlike a Christmas gift, a Christmas gift uh, can be 
a great gift to receive, but it's only annually. The Holy Spirit doesn't just tap us on the shoulder and give us new birth and new life. The Holy Spirit gives the gift of himself and lives within us every single second of every single day. The Holy Spirit stays within us to ensure that that new birth and that new life blossoms and grows. We teach about the word antinomy today. An antinomy is where two seemingly opposite things are not actually contradictory through divine revelation. I'll give you an example. An antinomy is Adam was responsible for sin and yet God is sovereign. And God is good. So if you think, well, how do those two things go together? Divine revelation is where what in the rational world of time and space and human reason do not do justice to the actual antinomy, the true nature of things. Another one would be how could Jesus be fully man and fully God at the same time? To our rational minds, it makes no sense. We listen back to last week's message, we'll understand that God can be both at the same time. And even with this God, the Trinity, that God is of one essence and yet three distinct persons seems like an antinomy. Like, how could this possibly be true? And yet it is. Karl Barth, a famous theologian from the 20th century, said that divine revelation has saved me from the rational mind. What he means by this is we'll only get to a certain understanding of God by reason alone. For example, think of Socrates, who's well considered one of the wisest, most clever men that ever lived. One of the things that he did was to continually ask questions to get to the root cause of things. And the highest point of understanding and insight he had in his life was that God is that you're trying to add anything to that phrase, God is, and you somehow diminish the fullness of who God is. And he believed in that so deeply that he's willing to drink hemlock. Divine revelation, as we see in scripture, God is no longer just God is, but at the burning bush he reveals himself as Yahweh, so that I am. I, the eternal subject of everything, the beginning and the end of all things. The place where all things are created from and the place to which all things go to. And am, the ever constant, the unchanging God, the same as yesterday and today and always. This is why Karl Barth is able to say, divine revelation has saved me from the rational mind. And a way of upholding biblical witness, upholding everything that it says in the Bible without ignoring any element, causes antinomies. So another antinomy is that God, the Holy Spirit, is fully holy, and yet he can live within us as sinful human beings. And I don't fully understand how that happens, but I know that his love is so great. He values us so much. I mean, we saw it in the life of Christ that he would reach out to the untouchables. He'd reach out and put his hand and heal lepers. Uh, he has a great concern for the, the castaways of societies, those who are considered unclean. And the same God, the same character of God is revealed in the Holy Spirit, who himself is holy and yet chooses to live within each one of us to see through to the ends that development of the new birth, that development of the new life. 
William Tyndall, as we've just looked at, sorry, we just looked at the Spirit gives new birth and new life. William Tyndall said this. He says, where the Spirit is, it's always summer. So where the Spirit is, there's always good fruit. William Tyndall was a very bright English person. He translated the Bible uh, into the English that we have today. He says, where the Spirit is, it's always summer. It's where the Spirit is, it always produces good fruits. One of the reasons I wanted to share this quote is that it's been said that the life with the God, the Holy Spirit, is one of warmth. He shares with us his own life and his own experience of delighting in God the Father and God the Son. So it's this life of warmth. Not only does it produce good fruit within us, but we get this true sense of spiritual life, this true sense of uh, being born again. And our love for God the Son will increase. And our love for God the Father will increase once God the Holy Spirit comes to live within us. It said in Romans 5.5 5, that the life of love of God comes directly from the Holy Spirit. It's just like it's warm, uh, the life of the love of God comes directly from the Holy Spirit. I'm going to look at that in two ways. How the Holy Spirit increases our love of Jesus Christ. And secondly, we're going to look at how the Holy Spirit increases our love of God the Father. So let's look at now the four different ways in which God the Holy Spirit increases the believer's love of God the Son. First way is that God, uh, the Holy Spirit, increases our love of God the Son as we can see him now clearly in the Bible. The New Testament comes alive with the life of Jesus and what it looks like to follow him. And then looking at the Old Testament, we see that there are over three hundred prophecies which are specifically fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Now some people would say, yeah, but he could be a con man and he could be understanding that there were prophecies to be fulfilled and yet he would, uh, he would try and fulfill them himself. If we look at the, the prophecies in the Old Testament, there are many of them that he fulfills that he could have zero control over. Where he was born, the manner of his death, the fact that he would be resurrected are just a few. You can find out more about that in Luke 24, verses 44 to 48. I'll read that for us now. If you turn with me in your Bibles, please. He said to them, this is what I told you. So I just context. Jesus has appeared to his disciples. He said to them, this is what I told you. Well, I'm still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. It's another way of describing the Old Testament. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what was, is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name. To all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. So to the disciples, Jesus specifically himself revealed how he fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies. Uh, the Holy Spirit then comes to live within us. And equally, although we're not walking on the road with Jesus like the disciples were, he 
makes the Bible come alive. He shines a spotlight on how Christ is not just in the New Testament, but the whole of the Old Testament is whispering his name, is pointing towards him. The second way that God the Holy Spirit increases our love of Jesus, our love of Christ, is that he empowers gospel preaching. At Pentecost, we see in Acts 1.8 that the Holy Spirit descended upon the followers of Jesus who are waiting in Jerusalem. And as he descended upon the believers, a new language was given to many of them. And this enabled them to fulfill the fact that Jesus says that you will proclaim my name in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. So the Holy Spirit empowers gospel preaching. We see that in the book of Acts where he gives a new language. At the same time, anyone who is able to proclaim Christ, is able to proclaim the good news of Jesus, is done so through the work of the Holy Spirit, whether God gives them a new language or not. Think about it. It's very difficult to proclaim that Jesus is the Messiah if you haven't received him yourself yet. And often it's true of many of us when we put our faith and trust in Christ, when the very first things we want to do, that's incredibly natural, it's a, a strong desire bubbling up within us, is to share the gospel with others. And that is the Holy Spirit. The third way that God the Holy Spirit increases our love of Jesus is that he brings regeneration. Another word of saying regeneration is he gives us new life in Christ. We looked at that earlier in John 3, verses 3 to 8, in Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus. The Holy Spirit gives us that new heart of flesh, as it was spoken about in Ezekiel, it's prophesied. And we start being transformed from the inside out. So remember I said that the Holy Spirit stays within us to ensure that this new life, this new birth, blossoms and grows. One of the key parts of spiritual growth is that we become more and more like our true selves in Jesus Christ. Another way of saying that would be that God had in mind for each believer of him who they would become in Christ. And through the work of the Holy Spirit inside us, we are transformed over time to more and more the likeness of Christ, to more and more who God had designed us to be in Jesus Christ. So we've looked at how God the Holy Spirit increases our love of Jesus, uh, how he illumines the Bible, how he empowers gospel preaching, how he brings regeneration, and finally, how he sanctifies the believer. Uh, there are three theological words I just want to draw to your attention now. The first one is justification. Justification happens when we put our faith and trust in Christ and the Holy Spirit is given to us, comes to live within us. That means that in God's eyes at that moment, we are perfect. Every sin has been forgiven. When we meet Christ face to face in the new heavens and the new earth, that is called glorification. Glorification is when we are fully transformed into who we were always meant to be. We're given that resurrection body and new life. 
the in-between part from the here and now where we have been justified. So in God's eyes we're perfect, we're a saint, but the reality is we still sin. As we move to the end goal, which is glorification, in between is sanctification. Sanctification is kind of like a cleansing. It's how we have the process that we are transformed into our new identity in Christ. If you're a fisherman, you will catch a fish. Before you sell the fish, you're definitely going to need to prepare it and clean it up. Similar to what sanctification is. If I could describe how the Holy Spirit does that, I would say this. Each one of us has been given a conscience. We have this inherent sense of what is right or wrong, what is fair. For people that say we don't, uh, they will typically will protest that something's unfair, something has been done that's wrong to them. It's like that inner conscience, once you put your faith and trust in Christ, is on steroids. It's much, much louder. What you experience is a sense of there is someone in need and that inner still voice would say go and help that person in need or go and ask that person how are you or go and pray for that person and there's times when we're tempted into sin and the Holy Spirit is saying no you're better than this uh, if I share with you before I came to Christ I had some addiction issues and typically having got drunk the night before the next day I'd be full of guilt uh, thinking I should never do that again. Before Christ, I was really condemned that I was a bad person. I was aware that I was not living the life that I wanted to live and I wasn't someone who I wanted to be. When the Holy Spirit comes to live within you, it's not so much a condemnation but a conviction. It's kind of like the, the day after the night before when you think, I am better than this. But it's God living within you, encouraging you, equipping you, along the way saying you are better than this so so far i've looked that god is loving as holy spirit he gives new life and he gives new birth this new life and this new birth increases our love of jesus and finally it increases our love of the father as we become more like the son we inherently start to love the father more does that make sense so the key attribute of the Son is that he loves the Father. So as we become more like Jesus, our love for God the Father naturally increases. Think of it this way. I always thought, before I became aware of who Jesus was, that God the Father was possibly some disapproving, distant, strict parent. Someone who I was never going to measure up to. And I always thought, well, I really like Jesus. I thought he was a, a healer, I thought he was a great teacher, I thought he was a very attractive character, someone who I wanted to follow. When you actually look at what Jesus says about himself in the Gospels, in his, the biographies of his life, he doesn't say, I'm just a good teacher, I'm a nice guy, uh, I'm getting you off the hook uh, to stop the wrath of the Father. What he actually says is, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. He claims specifically to be God. That's one of the reasons why he was crucified. And so as we look at Jesus, we are seeing the exact representation of God the Father. There's no difference uh, between the character of the two. And so naturally, as our love of Jesus increases, it increases our love of the Father. 
So Holy Spirit gives us new life and new birth. We see that that increases the love of Jesus within us. We see that naturally a consequence of that is it increases our love of the Father. And so what the Holy Spirit does for us here and now is that he gives us a foretaste of what heaven is like. He gives us a down payment of what heaven is like. See, as we grow in our love of the Son, as we grow in our love of the Father, and all of that, the catalyst, uh, the, the fuel to the flames is God the Holy Spirit. We are getting a foretaste of what it will be like in that loving union of three that has existed before all time and will continue to exist. We are aware that we are now in a relationship with the living God. We are now in a relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And as we get caught up in that, that loving union of three, as we develop that relationship, as we have a foretaste of it now, we cannot help but be comforted. Remember that William Tyndall had said, the Holy Spirit creates warmth. It's like there's always summer. Another expression that the Holy Spirit is called, there's many words describing the Holy Spirit. One of them that's key is comforter. So that feeling at winter time when you want to wrap up warm, or you get in a nice warm bed at the end of a cold day, or when you were a child and you were in distress, you had fallen over and your, your parents comfort you, that is the action of the Holy Spirit as well. And I give you some scriptures now that will show that the Holy Spirit is known as comforter. And he's the comforter because he draws us into that relationship with God. So John 14 verses 16 and 26 if you turn there with me this is jesus promising the holy spirit he says verse 16 and i will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever he continues in 26 but the advocate the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. See how he's comforting? The disciples, when they were to miss Jesus, would be reminded by God the Holy Spirit of everything that Jesus had said to them. And so it is in us. There may be times when we doubt who God is. There may be times when we wonder if our faith is real. Or not just as the Holy Spirit convicts us that we are better than this as he helps spiritually transform us. He lets us know about the truth of Jesus Christ and what we have learned about him. It continues, John 15, 26. Jesus is talking to his disciples before his imminent death and crucifixion. He speaks about how he is the vine and the disciples are the branches. He goes on to say that the, the world is going to hate you, but he's not leaving them unprepared. It says this. When the Advocate comes, that means Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Again, bringing that reassurance, that comfort that Jesus is who he said he was. So we've looked at God is an eternal loving union of three. And each person, God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, represents that God is love in a different way. Today we've looked at how uh, the Holy Spirit represents that God is love by giving not only life, but giving new spiritual life. 
and spiritual birth. And in that process of being given new spiritual life and spiritual birth, uh, we are drawn into that loving relationship with God the Father. It is a warm, comforting relationship. And when the Holy Spirit is living within us, two effects happen. He increases our love of Jesus. He increases our love of Jesus as he reveals who Christ is in the Old Testament and helps us see him clearly in the New Testament. He increases our love of Jesus as he helps us proclaim the gospel. Increases our love of Jesus as he is responsible for that new birth. He increases our love of Jesus as we are sanctified by him. And by as cause and effect happen, as our love of Jesus increases, as we become more like Jesus, we cannot help but love God the Father more. If I were to give some applications from the text, it would be these things. One, as a church family, uh, Ephesians 4 verses 1 to 3 talk about how we need to be unified and peaceful as a community. So God the Holy Spirit living within us. We need to be unified and peaceful as a community. Second application would be simply to be filled with God the Holy Spirit. We see three different evidences of this. Uh, Jesus in Luke 1, 15 uh, said he'll be filled with God the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, 4 it talks about the new disciples. It says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5.18 gives a command to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a daily thing. Now just to get it clear, uh, best way I can describe the need to keep being filled by God the Holy Spirit. Uh, imagine a sponge and you can fill it with water. And that sponge is useful for a whole load of things. But over time, after it's being used, uh, as uh, time passes, this water evaporates or drips out and the sponge becomes more dry. So it is with the Holy Spirit living within us. So we're asking to be filled on a daily basis by God the Holy Spirit. That will help transform us. That'll help us love the Son more. That'll help us love the Father more. And that'll help us proclaim the gospel more. Well, friends, I'm going to close us with prayer. As always, you can catch this online. Any questions you have, I'd love to answer them after the service. Will you bow your heads as I pray now? Father God, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you show that love in different kinds of ways. Thank you that in and through you, as God the Holy Spirit, we have new life. We have new birth in Jesus Christ, that you spiritually transform us. Help us to be a church family, a church community that is defined by your very essence of love. Help us to be a unified and peaceful community. And Father, help remind us that we can keep asking every single day to be filled with you as God the Holy Spirit. So we can preach the gospel, so that we can carry on the good works that you have saved us for. That we may be a comforted ourselves and may be a comfort to others as we point out the truth and reality of Jesus Christ. I pray these things in your son's name. Amen.